0: Welcome to the 35th episode of our World News Podcast. This podcast, along with all of our other podcasts, are part of Northern Provisions LLC. This podcast is sponsored by Mission Essential Gear, your one-stop combat shop, home of the thools. The tactical handbook for unit leaders available at amegearco.com and Amazon as well. Use code ANE2021 for a discount added to your cart at the Mission Essential Gear website. Also, check out The Freelancers, a media and research collective dedicated to covering modern conflicts. With a soft focus on foreign fighters find them on twitter at cbt freelancers instagram at freelancers blog and their website at freelancers please consider supporting us on patreon that is at patreon.com slash or buy us a coffee at co ficom slash that is ko-fi.com and we will hop into the podcast And we'll start off with Russia. On June 8th, Russia suspended a deal with Japan that allowed Japanese fishermen to operate near the disputed southern Kuril Islands. The dispute over the islands has been ongoing for decades and has prevented the two countries from signing a peace treaty that would officially end the state of war between them that was declared during World War II. The four islands were annexed by the Soviet Union during the last days of the war and remain under Russian control despite their southern end being mere kilometers from Japan's second-largest island, Hokkaido. Control over the islands gives Russia year-round access to the Pacific Ocean for its fleet based in Vladivostok and access to the island's resources that include rare-earth minerals that are used to produce high-tech military aircraft. Russia refusing to abide by the fishing agreement comes as the country is becoming more paranoid about its borders and neighbors after its invasion of Ukraine. It also comes as Japan and NATO ramp up joint military drills and cooperation in the region to send a message to Russia. Japanese Defense Minister Noburo Kishi recently advocated for NATO expanded its role in the Indo-Pacific region, which certainly displeased the Russian government. On June 9th, Deputy of Russia's Lower House of legislator, the State Duma Yevgeny Fyodorov submitted a resolution to the floor that would revoke Russia's recognition of Lithuania's independence. Fyodorov claims that the recognition of independence was unconstitutional under the Soviet Constitution, as the State Council of the Soviet Union is not mentioned in the document, thus making it an illegal entity. Lithuania initially declared independence in 1918 after the First World War, but it was annexed into the USSR in 1940 during World War II. Fyodorov himself is somewhat of a loose cannon. In January, he proposed using nuclear bombs on U.S. Army laboratories to warn the country about stepping into the then-crisis with Ukraine. His resolution comes after the Lithuanian parliament passed a decree recognizing the invasion of Ukraine as genocide and Russia as a terrorist state. Moving on to the Middle East in Iraq. Throughout the week, operations by both Iraq's counterterrorism service and Kurdish security forces throughout the week led to the killing of ISIS's general administrator in the Anbar province and southern Iraq. Multiple raids also led to the arrest of six high-ranking Islamic State members and over 20 other fighters, mostly in Baghdad. In Syria, the U.S. Army investigation into an attack on the american base Green Village in Der Governorate government has taken an interesting turn. The attack was carried out in April and was initially reported as an indirect fire attack either from mortars or rockets. However, defense officials days later said that the attack was carried out by the deliberate placing of explosive devices inside the camp. The Army's Criminal Investigator Division now believes a U.S. soldier carried out the attack that injured four Americans. According to defense officials, unnamed by CNN, the explosives were placed at an ammunition storage area and outside of a shower on base and had more detonation power than a hand grenade. At this point, a suspect has been reportedly identified but has not been charged and is no longer in Syria. At this time, around 900 American troops remain in the country. And we will take a quick break and we'll be right back and finishing it off with the united states on june 7th allison fluke ekran aka um mohammed alamriki pleaded guilty in the Eastern District of Virginia to organizing and leading an all-female battalion of ISIS fighters in Syria. Ekron, 42, formerly of Kansas, traveled to Egypt in 2008 to be with her husband, a now-deceased member of Libyan al-Qaeda branch Ansar al-Sharia. The two moved to Libya to join the group in 2011 during the Libyan civil war. Fluke's husband claimed that he was present for the attack on the U.S. diplomatic post in Benghazi, and stole documents and electronics from the complex, which Fluke summarized and provided to the leaders of Ansar al-Sharia. Her husband joined ISIS in Syria in 2012 and rose through the ranks to lead the group's snipers in the country. During this time, Fluke expressed desire to commit an attack in the United States by detonating a car bomb in the lower levels of a large building, likely a shopping mall. She also stated that any attack that did not kill a large amount of people was a waste of resources. In 2016, ISIS created an all-female battalion named Qatabi Nusabaya. Falouk led and trained the battalion with members as young as 10 years old on how to use small arms, explosives, medical training, and other aspects. In 2018, she attempted to lead her family into thinking she was dead in order to dissuade the United States government from searching for her. Luke turned herself into local police in 2021 and was transferred into the custody of the Eastern District on January 28th this year. She faces a maximum of 20 years in prison after pleading guilty to providing material support to a terrorist organization. On June 8th, a Marine Corps MV-22 Bravo Osprey crashed in the Imperial County Desert near Glamis, California. The Osprey was conducting routine training near the Naval Air Facility El Centro at the time of the incident. Sadly, all five Marines on board were killed. Those Marines are Lance Corporal Evan A. Strickland, 19, a Tilt Rotor Chief from Valencia, New Mexico, Corporal Nathan E. Carlson, 21, a Tilt Rotor Crew Chief from Winnebago, Illinois, Corporal Seth D. Rasmussen, 21, a tilt rotor crew chief from Johnson, Wyoming. Captain John J. Sachs, 33, an MV-22 Bravo pilot from Placer County, California. And Captain Nicholas P. Losapizo, 31 years old, an MV-22 Bravo pilot from Rockingham, New Hampshire. All five Marines were assigned to the Marine Medium Tilt Rotor Squadron, VMM-364, out of Camp Pendleton. California. The cause of the crash is still under investigation at this time. This is the Marine Corps' second deadly Osprey crash this year after a crash in Norway in March killed all four Marines on board. On June 9th, the very next day, a U.S. Navy MH-60S Seahawk helicopter crashed near El Centro while conducting a routine training flight from the same naval air facility. The helicopter was assigned to Helicopter C Combat Squadron 3 out of Naval Air Station, North Island, in San Diego County. Thankfully, all four crewmen on board survived. One was taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries, and the cause of crash is still under investigation. On June 11th, law enforcement intercepted and arrested more than 30 members of the group Patriot Front while they were on their way to break up an LGBT event in Coraline, Idaho. Patriot Front is an American white supremacist fascist group that was founded in the aftermath of the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville 2017. Founder Thomas Rousseau split off from another neo-Nazi group, Vanguard America, at that time. Before anyone tries to argue with me, oh, Patriot Front isn't white supremacist, that's just a talking point from the media. Here's a quote from President Calvin Coolidge that is posted on their website. Quote, there are racial considerations too grave to be brushed aside for any sentimental reasons. Biological laws tell us that certain divergent people will not mix or blend, end quote. The group is very open about their beliefs on their website. You could check it out if you don't believe me. Back to the story. The men were seen piling into a U-Haul truck at a local hotel, which led a concerned citizen to call the police truck was intercepted and all 31 men, including the leader Russo, were taken into custody and charged with misdemeanor conspiracy to riot. In the truck, police found smoke grenades, shields, shin guards, and other sorts of gear the group is popular for using in these type of events. That is all I have for you guys this week. I want to thank you all for supporting this podcast. Of course, it means a lot to me. You can find this podcast on your favorite apps. That is Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Anchor, Breaker, Overcast, Radio Public, and Pocket Cast. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, we're there. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Analyze Educate. That is all one word. Please consider supporting us on Patreon or Ko-Fi, like I said earlier. And that is all I have for you guys. We will see you next week.